From the depths of our nightmares to the haunting of the witching hour. We present to you Crazy Hexy Ghoul. I'm Kelly. And I'm Arlo. So come and join us as we obsess over ghosties and shit. Did you just say ghosties and shit? Hell yeah, I did. You guys, shit's about to get real. first ever ASMR episode. Thank you for joining us for our third episode in season two. Yeah, I wasn't sure we would ever make it to season two, but here we are. Yeah, we did it. So today I'm burning Cozy Night by Opal House and I got it at Target. Guess I get everything at Target. It smells really good though. I just lit my evening bonfire woodwick candle. I actually got for Christmas from one of my sister-in-laws. Thank you, Morgan. It's my favorite candle, by the way. And then I also lit my incense. It's Jasmine Champa. Smells really good. Today's episode is purely in ASMR form. And we're going to read a few stories from the subreddit, Let's Not Meet. Okay, now let's get into the show. Your stories are amazing. Well, thank you. You're welcome. My stories are going to be really creepy today. I think they're really creepy, at least. They're creepy all the time. That's true. Do you tell any other stories that aren't creepy? I'm just a creepy person. (laughs) (laughs) My first story is called, My Mom Used to Clean Houses. She quit after this. In the mid-80s, my mom was a cleaner in Australia. She would clean houses in suburban areas and would sometimes do houses in rural wine regions. We lived near both. She would leave business cards at the local shops and got most of her business this way, and some through referrals and word of mouth. One day, she got a call from a lady who sounded like she was around 60, asking mom to clean her old farmhouse. She made a lot of odd demands, and mom would usually meet clients before taking on new business. In this case, the lady did not want to meet mom, and said she would leave the keys under the front doormat. Mom agreed, mainly because the lady was quite obviously wealthy, and was offering to pay mom substantially more than she would reasonably expect. Mom went to the house on a Monday morning, and she already felt unnerved by the long driveway. The house was essentially in the middle of a very large, very empty property. She found the keys and started cleaning. About an hour into the clean, she hears the back door shut. (laughs) Mom was told no one would be at the house, so she immediately felt unsafe. She stood frozen in the kitchen for what she said felt like three or four minutes, although 
she said it could have been much longer. There was no other car on the property. She wanted to leave immediately, but had two rooms left to do. Both were bedrooms. She said as time passed, and she heard nothing else, she decided that perhaps it was nothing, or perhaps something had fallen, and it wasn't the door after all. She walked up into the hallway and stepped into the bedroom. All over the bed were black and white photos. As mom got closer, she realized the photos were all of her. Some were taken at our family home. Many others were taken at other houses mom would clean. Some through windows or over fences. She used the house phone to call the police and immediately drove to the end of the driveway. The lady ended up being investigated, but continued to claim that it was a break-in. After some time, the police stopped with their searching, and we ended up moving to a new town four months later. Every time mom tells me this story, I get serious chills. To the day my mom thinks the lady had something to do with it, but why? And for what purpose? Any theories? That's the end. Wow. Creepy, right? Very creepy. Like, what the fuck? That's insane. That's weird. Um, first of all, what the fuck? Why would anyone want to do that? Yeah, it's just bizarre. And then the police just, like, gave up looking for this person? I mean, there's no evidence either way, other than it was in her home. Hmm. And it was the 80s, too. So the house that she was cleaning, the owner, the woman, claimed that she had nothing to do with it. At yeah. all, right? Yeah, absolutely. She so had nothing to do with it. That someone broke into her house to place those photos there. On the bed on... to just fucking freak her out? Yeah. Wow. That's not neat. Nice. I'm um, ready to hear one of yours. Oh, I bet you are. <laughs> Let me get adjusted here. I'm going to move some stuff around real quick. Okay. I need to move around. Put this okay. over here. Sorry, I need this to be um, in front of me. Or I need to turn or something. This one comes from user throwawayacc for posts. And it's called, The white van followed me through a snowstorm. I'm a 21-year-old female, and this story took place when I was around 11 years old. I remember this day clearly because it was the first time I was ever allowed to walk to school and back by myself. Up until the age of 14, I lived in what we thought was a safe place in Chautauqua County, New York. Everyone knew everyone. If you thought you would get away with something, then be prepared to have your ears abused by the time you got home. There was this one day, though. It was a cold winter day, 
and school unfortunately still open. So all the neighborhood kids had to walk through knee-high inches of snow just to get to school. It took me longer to leave the house as I was used to walking with my older sister to school since she knew the routes better than me. I always used to make fun of her for being paranoid and taking a different route every day from school. But after that day, I learned that was what saved my life. As I was walking by the door to leave, my mom caught up to me and told me that I should ride with her to drop off because my sister was too sick to go to school. Being a brat, I made a big deal about walking by myself because I was almost 12 years old and all my friends' parents let them walk alone. She looked at me for a long while, then told me to make sure I pay attention to cars because I got hit by a car and almost died when I was nine. So the worry that showed on her face was well warranted. I hurriedly nodded and headed out the door to go to school. My sister didn't like to dilly-dally, so she was always in a rush to get to school early, but seeing as it was just me, I thought it would be a good idea to take my time. I would play in the brown slush that was left on the side of the road and even made funny-looking snowballs to see how far I could throw them. Halfway to school, I noticed a white van following behind me. Being the careful child that I was, if I had not been bending down to make another snowball, I wouldn't have noticed it slowly creeping up the street. I told myself I was being stupid, but continued more hurriedly to school. Once I got to school, I took a quick glance over my shoulder and I saw the van a few feet behind me. It wasn't until I was on school grounds that it drove away fast past me. I thought that would be the end of it, but throughout the day, when I would stare out the window, the van would be there. I assumed that it just never left and that it was parked there. Many adults would try to convince me years later that maybe it wasn't the same one, but I knew that it was. This van had a bright yellow smile emoji sticker on it. I couldn't see who was in the van because of the tinted glass, but I knew they could see me. It was now the end of the day and I wasn't ready to go home. It was too late to call my mom because she was working and my sister was sick. I had to suck it up and start walking home. I tried to blend in with a group of kids, but most of them were car riders and the others didn't live near me. Remembering what my sister told me, I took another route home. I didn't memorize the route clearly, but I decided that anything was better than being spotted by that van. I made it to the main street, but realized my mistake too late. The route I took led back to the main street where I walked to school. Hidden behind a row of cars was the white van with a smiley emoji sticker. I tried to stay calm and walk past it, but once I heard the van door slightly click open, I ran. I could hear the rush of two pairs of heavy feet following me. They were getting closer, so I did what any normal kid would do. I cut corners. I cut into someone's backyard until I was directly inside of my house and forced myself into the thick of the snow to make it to the door. My heart was racing, and not because I was running, but because I could hear them behind me. I made it to the door and banged with all my might until someone came to the door. My sister looked confused, but one look at my face and she pulled me inside and locked the door. The van was still outside. Truthfully, it stayed out there until my brother got home. 
Me and my sister, we don't talk about it, but we both know how close it was to me going missing. I hadn't thought about this incident in years, but one of my hometown friends showed me an article that came out in 2013. Apparently, some men had kidnapped and sexually assaulted a girl my age. It wouldn't have scared me had it not mentioned the white van. Whoever you are that attempted to kidnap me and do God knows what else, let's not meet. Yucky. I know, so yucky. Okay, first off, I wrote a couple notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was paying attention. I need all your notes. Okay, well, first off, it sounds like she has a bad track record with cars in general. <laughs> because yes, she so. almost got, she almost, she just kind of brushes over that she almost got run over by a car. <laughs> Right, but she actually did get run over by a car when she was nine. So she actually did. She was, yeah, she almost died. She she said, I got hit by a car and I almost died when I was so nine. she was hit. So she had been hit. I'm not sure I would want to walk alone after that. After, like, know. being hit by a car. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like that would just give me so much anxiety. Right? Me too. But then that happened on top of it. Mm-hmm. You Yuck. know, I think I was about that age, maybe eight, nine, when I was hit by a car. But you know what? I wasn't really Wait, like... you were hit by a car? Yes, but it wasn't that big of a deal, okay? I, I just got I, hit by a car. It wasn't no, a big it, deal. I mean, I wasn't... I didn't almost die. I just kind of... Yeah. I was startled that somebody hit me with their car. Yeah. And it was an older man. When I was a kid, I lived on top of a hill. And it was kind of hard to see... And I was riding my sister's bike, and, like, honestly, her bike was way too big for me. My bike, I don't know if it was broken or whatever. We had met at the very top of the hill, and I hit into his car. I didn't know he was there, and he had hit into me. So it was like, boom, you know. Oh, God. And then he, <laughs> it's funny because he, he uh, yelled out the window. He was like, learn how to drive. Some he crap like that. He was at fault because... Um, he was driving well, a fucking car. What the hell? I was in the middle of the road, so... It doesn't matter. Like, he he's but, still the adult. He needs to learn how to drive a car. Yeah, and he didn't even ask me if I was okay. He was just like, hey, learn how to ride your bike, bitch, basically. Yeah. So... Yeah. Jesus. And then I was like, okay, I guess you just hit me with your car, but that's fine. I'll just go ahead and bike away now and not tell an adult. Sure. I probably should have told my mom, but, like, when you're a kid... These things don't seem that important. You know, yeah. you're like, what am I going to do? Say that this guy hit me or that I hit him? It would always be my fault somehow. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I am alive and happy bad, and well. That's such a bad memory. At least you're at least you're cool about it. You're not like... Yeah. I've had a few bike accidents, but we're not going to talk it, about this. It sounds like you processed that. So yeah, I did. That's something you processed. processed it and let it go. Mm-hmm. Uh... You know, just in and out. So that's what's important. Right? Do you have another story? I want to get spooked. Okay. Kelly is on her second glass of wine. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Mind your business. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's like her eighth glass. 
I was, not, I was trying to make you feel better about it, okay? Don't feel the boxed wine, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just don't try and lift it up or anything. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, okay? <laughs> you know what I am worried about, though? Hearing one of your stories. Well, not your stories, but a let's not meet story. Yeah. Let's do um, it. Yeah. Let's not meet the next contestant. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The next story is by Florinizer. And this story is called My Brother Saw a Ghost as a Kid. Two decades later, I realized what he actually saw. Give me a sec. Oh, my pop filter is always giving me such problems, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I need to buy a new one. Yeah. You should get one that connects to the back. This? I don't think they make for this, but you never know. Oh, maybe not. I'm sorry. So everyone knows I have a snowball microphone, and it's round, and his name is Mike Wazowski because he looks just like Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. Round, cute, and adorable. Have you named your microphone yet? Uh, I... I don't know. You know. My pop filter's name is Randall. Or, or is he that... Oh, God, what is her name? The, the one who talks like this all the time. Always you, Miss Asking. Yes. That one. Never doing your paperwork, Miss Asking. Yes, her. <laughs> No, it's probably not a. Um, that was me unfiltered. So, <laughs> yikes! Yikes! <laughs> Getting run over by bikes. Okay, yep. let's move it. Let's move it along. So let me tell my story with my mic that's not named. <laughs> Gotta get that ibuprofen. Yeah. Drop it. Thank you. I'm ready. Okay. I was about seven years old. My brother was about ten. It was well past our bedtime when our mom woke us up off the couch to put us to bed. Our dad worked construction out of town back then, so it was often just us three at the house for weeks at a time. Up the stairs and to the immediate right was our parents' bedroom. Going left put you in the middle of the hallway. Taking another left down that hallway led to my brother's room. The opposite end was my bedroom, which was also across the hall from our upstairs bathroom. At the end of the hallway, and this is important, at the end of the hallway were windowed doors we always kept locked and rarely ever used. The door on my end led to a balcony overlooking our front yard. The door to my brother's end opened to our back porch. The house kind of leans into a small hill. My brother and mom had a habit of waking up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. I only knew this because I was always a light sleeper. They just couldn't help flushing with the door wide open. This night, however, my brother stopped on his way to his room 
and came back towards the bathroom. I'm going to try to pee before I go to bed. The past few nights, I've been too afraid to walk to the bathroom. I keep seeing this man wearing stripes at the end of the hallway. I don't know if my mom wrote it off as my brother telling ghost stories to try to scare me or if she was already half asleep and just didn't catch it, but she didn't react at all to my brother's confession. I, on the other hand, was terrified by it. The fear of seeing a ghost like that at the end of the hallway or through the windows is the reason I started running from the stairs to my bedroom at night. Years later, when I was about 18, my mom and I were having a conversation in her car about a dog we had for a very short time when I was little. We were sharing stories about Max's tendency towards destroying my shoes and other unruly behaviors. When my mom blurted out, Do you remember that time? I opened the front door for the cops and Max ran inside to the kitchen and started just tearing open that bag of dog food that we had. This really caught me by surprise, because in all the years I've lived in that house, we never once called the cops. Gun owner family in a quiet, rural, West Virginia neighborhood, etc. I asked her what she was talking about, and she looked equally surprised, as if she had just revealed something by accident. Oh, that's right. I never told you because you were too young at the time. One night, I woke up hearing noises outside my window, and when I looked, I saw a man staring into my bedroom. She went on to describe how turning on the lights caused him to take off running and how she grabbed my dad's pistol before calling the cops. I can't remember all the details I gave them when they showed up. Tall white male, wearing a striped shirt, jeans, short dark hair, something like that. They said it matched their description of a man they were looking for in the area. It turns out he had escaped from jail on a murder charge. Ooh. Now I know it sounds obvious hearing those two stories back to back, but it wasn't until a few years ago in my mid-twenties that I pieced it together that my brother had unknowingly warned us about a murderer who had spent multiple nights casing our home. The end. <laughs> Wow. Freaky, right? Yes, I've heard this story before. It's a good story, though. Have you told me the story? I don't think so. I think I read it. You might have. Myself. You might have. Or it could be on, like, a Let's Not Meet podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was. But there's a podcast called Let's Not Meet. There I'm is. I'm pretty sure that's where They pull from Reddit. Yeah. 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 And this is a pretty well-known story, but it's a really good one. So I wanted to mention it. Yeah, it's a pretty good story. Thanks for telling that story. You're welcome. It's good. But that would be so freaky, just staring at the mm-hmm. end of the hallway and just seeing them. Ooh. Yeah, like thinking it's Have a ghost sleep. your whole life. Yeah. And then turns out it's just some, some like... Random... Criminal and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone who killed someone who might mm-hmm. break into your house. God. Would you like? I would love to hear another story. (laughs) No problem. You want to see my drawing so far? Yeah. Ooh, we're working on some merch and stuff like that. You guys are into that. It's pretty bad, but (laughs) but it's not it's not super bad. It'll be fine. 
Also, you guys, we're working on a Patreon. Uh, we've been kind of hushed about it because we're trying to uh, we're trying to figure out the content we want think, to give. Yeah, that people might want to listen to. Um, so we're doing this ASMR episode now, so that you'll know in the future, like if we present something to you that is uh, an ASMR, that you might enjoy it, that you'd want to purchase that Patreon or not. So consider this a freebie, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Got anything else and, to say? Um, not really. Um, we have some pretty cool ideas about our Patreon I'm really excited about. And yeah. we will let you know more. But yes, this is what an ASMR would sound like if you were to um, purchase one of our ASMR uh, Patreon tiers. And we'll probably get better. Oh, it'll get better. <clears throat> it'll absolutely get better. This is just like a tiny taste of it. like Exactly. Have you seen those yeah. videos where people who have the split tongues like taste two different drinks? Oh at god, the same what time? the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like so that. unprepared for the for, well, how do I comment to that? What the hell? Well, it's like that. You're just trying a little little dab of it. And just a little dab of this and a little dab of that. Yeah. Just simultaneously. Flip, 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 flip. <laughs> Tasting Dr. Pepper. Orange. Dr. Pepper orange. Orange, orange, Dr. Pepper. I think it's so cool to have a split tongue. I don't think I would ever do that. That's I would freak myself out, I think. Yeah. You'd just be standing in the mirror, like, brushing your teeth, just flicking both your... And then being like, oh my god. Can you have that surgically put back together? I'm sure you can. It might not feel the same. Yeah. But, like, you control the separate sides of your tongue separately. So, like, I think it's so cool. I would never do it. But, like, if you yeah. if you have a split tongue, I think that's fucking awesome. Like, good for you. Yeah. This one comes from the user So Nora, and it's titled Near Miss at a Bar. When I was about 24, I was always busy with work and I lived in a small historic town. So, needless to say, I didn't get out much, which is why I was so excited when my 30 something cousin came up from Fresno to visit. I was also excited when she wanted to go out to check out the scene on the first night that she stayed with me. As it turns out, She was a drinker, so we headed out to hit up a few small bars in my town. We only ended up finding one bar that was kind of happening. It had a pool table, plus it allowed smoking inside, so we were sold. I decided to sit at the bar, and my cousin headed off to play pool with some guys. As I'm sitting at the bar, sipping on my drink and checking my phone, I get a tap on the shoulder. 
I turned to see an older gentleman whom I didn't recognize right away. Seeing my puzzled look, he exclaimed, It's me, Cody's dad. I then instantly realized that he is the father of a boy I had dated in like the eighth grade when I was about 14. His dad seemed nice enough, but I did remember that he was a pretty stern character back then. Sometimes as a punishment for his son, Sorry, hold on. God, that scared me. Yeah. Ah! Wait, oh. Can Kelly get to it fast enough? Oh my God. <laughs> I have never seen drunk Kelly move so fast to turn off her electronic, uh, what is that thing? A, A vacuum, vacuum cleaner, yeah. Um, I'm not drunk. I'm barely tipsy. He would have him dig trenches even in the summertime in the hard pan rocky ground. I could even remember hanging out at his house back in the day and just getting a bad feeling about his dad. Though I never experienced anything around his dad that would justify that feeling. So of course, I was surprised he even recognized me at all, after all these years. He bought me a drink and we started to catch up a little. As we're talking, my cousin comes over to check in on me upon seeing an older man at the bar speaking with me. Eventually, he suggested that we go outside to smoke, since the bar was getting kind of smoky. Once we were outside, though, I realized we were pretty much alone. This was fine, I figured, since he was always one of the distant neighbors I had known off and on over the years. But I figured wrong, and I began to understand that as he asked me more personal questions. He started asking me about whether or not I had a boyfriend, or if I'd ever considered dating an older guy. I started getting uncomfortable, so I suggested that we go back in. After a few minutes, he wanted to go back outside. At that point, though, I was already trying to blow him off politely. My cousin was seeing all of this and came back over to check in on me. She gave me a sort of a warning look before turning and walking back to her game of pool, and as the night progressed, he continued to try and get me to go outside with him. This time, though, he wanted me to go to his truck. Finally, he grabbed my arm and just tried pulling me outside with him. Thank God for my cousin. She seemed to materialize out of nowhere, and she grabbed my arm and yelled, Fuck off! to him. He immediately backed right off and disappeared into the small crowd toward the back of the exit. For the rest of the night, we enjoyed ourselves and had some much-needed fun. It wasn't until about six months later when I heard a horrifying story about him from another neighbor. Apparently, he had been stalking and watching his soon-to-be ex-wife at their former home for months. Eventually, he had decided to straight-up kidnap her, tying her up and gagging her. He then put her in his truck or his back seat and drove her down towards Mexico. In Los Angeles, California, he decided they should stop for the night as it was about an eight-hour drive from our hometown. All night on that stay, he repeatedly raped, beat, and tortured her. He had apparently told her that he was taking her to Mexico to kill her. He had been treating her that way for years. I knew upon hearing that that my bad feeling as a kid was justified. I'm getting chills just writing this part. Somehow, though, she managed to escape his brutal attack that night. He was arrested pretty quickly after that. So Ken, who tried to get me alone outside of the bar that night to do God knows what, let's not ever, ever meet again. Jesus Christ. I know, right? What the fuck? 
Yeah. Exactly. I know, and it's disgusting and sickening. There are predators out there who just don't give a fuck, who will literally take your arm and try to pull you out of the bar. They don't care who's around. I'm so glad he stopped after the the cousin said something. Like, get the fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. He approached her by touching her. That in and of itself, I feel like is a red flag. That would huge red flag. That would freak me the fuck out. I would be like, back the fuck up. Who the fuck are you? I don't care if you're my friend's dad. I don't care if you're my friend. Like, if you're, I mean, I guess if you're, like, a close friend or something, Mm -hmm. that's fine. But if you're having, obviously, ill intentions towards me. Yes. Like, do not Mm -hmm. fucking touch me. Absolutely. Like, I will break them digits. I will break those fingers right the fuck off your hand. Yeah, don't don't touch me if you don't know me. Exactly. Oh, my God. Weird thing about that story is his dad would make him dig holes? Did I hear yes. that? Like in from the movie Holes, like yes. kissing Kate Barlow, yeah, had to like buried something. Yes, and they're trying to find it. Exactly, like I'm tired, Grandpa. What else to that man? Ex- exactly that. Yes. What the actual fuck? W T F. Like, were they trying to find buried treasure? <laughs> um, maybe. Ooh plot twist he's making him dig the graves because his dad's gonna like kill someone put the body in there maybe what the fuck fucking though? terrifying or maybe I don't it want was to like an that animal thing that like maybe. they kill the animals Ooh. like why would i would it? be searching his house i would be <laughs> <laughs> your barf sounds are funny <laughs> I debated on whether I should keep them in in our last episode because I didn't want to, like, gross people out. Because you were twice. And some people are really put off by that. That's true. Um, So if that's you, so sorry. But I did try and put a trigger warning in that episode. Okay. For a senseless murder because you just murdered someone's ears with a... Yeah. Well, it's okay. Deal with it. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry if I offend you. Um, How could you? But seriously, that cousin deserves some fucking props. Right? That I cousin hope I deserves can, an award. I hope I can be as badass as that. Like, fuck. I think, I think you pretty much are badass. Like that. I think I am, too. I think you are, too. Thank you. I'm going to light another candle here. <laughs> Bye. Well, there goes Randall, my pop filter. Bye. Fuck you, Randall. Like, yeah. He said, he, he said, timber. Fuck, you are lighting another candle. Fuck, sorry. Maybe How I many won't. candles have you lit? I've got six around my microphone. Just kidding, I don't. I've got five. Okay. Ooh, beautiful. Yeah, it's right here in the inside. Well, I think that is all 
our uh, all our stories for today. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, I really enjoyed doing this, so let me know if you liked it. Um, so anyway, thank you everyone for, you know, listening to our ASMR stories. Let us know if you want to hear any more. Yes. Please email us and tell us about it. If you hated it, if you loved it, email us at crazyhexyghoul at gmail.com. Um, until next time. Thank you for listening. The music in this podcast is by the band The Daddios. This is Kelly. And I'm Arlo. And you're listening to Crazy Hexy Ghoul. We'll see you next time. Is this it? Is this the end? Bye. Mm-hmm.